Hello and welcome back to In God We Trust Podcast. Today we are continuing that conversation with Kevin Foodie. If you guys want to check out his podcast, it is called Career and Christianity Podcast. Once again, that is Career and Christianity Podcast. Okay, enjoy. What would you say is your number one tip for getting closer with God? I think intentionality. Um, you know, for me, I struggled for a very long time with, you know, I would have set times that, you know, okay, I would, I'll pray every night before I go to bed. Well, some nights I'm really tired and I'm like, uh, not tonight. Tonight, I'm just, I need to get some sleep. I need some rest. Or I would say, oh, you know what? First thing in the morning when I wake up, but then you got days where you, you wake up and you go, ah, shoot, I'm running late. You know, the clock's, the clock's where it is. All right. Well, I'll, I'll make definitely tomorrow. I'll definitely, you know, I'll get a double, double session in tomorrow or whatever. And when I found when there's not an intentional uh, time where I'm, I'm giving God my time, then it gets away from me extraordinarily quickly. And before I know it, I wake up and I go, man, has it, has it been a couple of weeks since I've really gotten into the word and really done what I should have, you know, been doing every day. And that's really the, the tactics of the enemy. We always think that the enemy comes and he wants to knock us down in these big sweeping fashions. And the reality is, you know, the enemy wants to keep us from a good relationship with God. And all he has to do is distract. And so for me, every time I start noticing this in my life, I say, no, I need to make sure I'm getting back to an intentional time. Okay, I'm going to set my alarm. I know tomorrow that I've got to get up and I got to be somewhere at 7 a.m. I'm getting up at 5 a.m. because I need to get that time and it has to be intentional. And I think for Christians, if you think about the idea of tithing, giving, you know, 10%, the first fruits of your money back to God, we have to do the same thing with our time. It's the first of our time that goes to God. It's not what's left over. It's not this idea of, okay, well, I've got this and this and this, so I can pencil God in for 20 minutes here. We've got to give God our time. We've got to give him our hearts. And for a lot of us, our money and our time is where our heart is. So when we think about giving God those things first and say, okay, I am going to make sure that no matter what, I am getting this time in because this time is valuable. It's the most important thing. It's the first thing I give to God every day, my time and my money. Then it begins, for me, I've just experienced a lot of heart changes in those moments. And so that's to me, my biggest tip is you've got to get intentional about putting God first, because if you're not intentional about putting God first, then what's happening is you are intentional about putting God last. And there's really no way around it. And if God's not first, is he going to bless anything that you're doing? Is, the, is his hand of provision going to be with you? You know, I, I'm tempted to say probably not, because if you're not honoring him with your life, why would he why would he turn around and be there for you in ways? And we see that all throughout the Old Testament, Israel would constantly fall away because God was not a priority. And God's hand of provision would leave them. And when they got serious and they came back, God would come right back to them. And so, yeah, I think the same is true for us. If we, if we walk away from those times and those relationships with God, God's hand of provision will, will step away. It's designed to bring us back to him. So I just say intentionality is probably the most important thing that I could tell anyone to, to have a good relationship. That's great. And that made me think of phones and how distracting they are. And that is something that my generation is really struggling with, like more than anything, I would say. And this this is just my complete guess here, but I believe that the devil is working so hard through social media and our phones and everything, and it it's all just distracting our minds, just like you were saying how he, he won't do this big thing that'll be like, oh, like, you know, but it's just a small little things, and it's it's like the scrolling on your phone. It's like you're just looking for something else, looking for something else. And it's just distracting your mind from reality. And 
we just need to get off our phones and go live our lives. And like God did not create us and then hand Adam a phone. That's something that was made by man. And it's just so distracting. People don't even think about it. And recently my Instagram has been hacked for some reason. Like I can't get back in. I can't even log back in. Um, this is my main account. I have my separate in God we trust account. And honestly, I don't really mind at all because I would spend more time on my Instagram than like working on something that I should be working on. And reality, like big picture, I love it because I'm not on my phone scrolling. And I would really suggest that just like delete an app that you're that you're stuck on and you know that you need to get off because it will just drag you down and you get stuck into a just like a, a rut. It's terrible. Yeah, absolutely. I, I even love uh, what I put on my phone is these uh, like app monitors. So once you reach a certain time frame, oh, 30 minutes, now that app is locked for the rest of the day, you can't even use it. And I think it's funny, you start using some of those, uh, some of those tools and you start realizing, wow, has it already been 30 minutes? Have I already been on this site for an hour today? Like what? It felt like five minutes. You just realize how fast time will go when you start tracking it and uh, and you have a little countdown clock that pops up five minutes left for the day. You're like, oh my goodness, I'm spending way too much time on my phone. Yeah, it's it's crazy. Once I, once I stopped getting on my phone, all of a sudden I just started doing so many more things and it's helping me out big time. I love it. Yeah, and, and you know, the things that people are seeing on the phones today, um, you know, really discouraging, you know, uh, which really leads me to my next question here. Like, how do you see misinformation affecting Christianity today? And at least in the West, with so much access to information, it seems like we have the most misinformation out there. How do you see that as a, affecting really your generation? We are kind of, I feel like we're kind of a tough generation in the same way as, as we're really weak in some points. Because I think that we don't really care about a lot of the things that are going on big picture. Because we grew up like, like looking at memes on our phones and just dumb things. Like, I don't, I don't really know how to explain it very well, but I feel like we have this, this like vibe in us that we just kind of don't let some things get to our head. And we kind of just, we roll with life, you know, some things will come our way and we hear like, oh, all this is happening. We're like, all right, we'll let the people that are in charge take care of it and We'll just live our own life. But for me, I just I just know deep down that if I hear misinformation and something that's going on, like in the news, I just know that that God is in control, big picture, and we shouldn't worry about any of this. We should just trust God and that will give you through life. Yeah, I think that's I think that's great. You know, uh, not letting things bother you, not letting things affect you. I think that's huge. And I think there's a uh, the next generation coming up, I think, struggles with that a lot letting, letting things affect you. But I think there is some, there is some hope in some of those other generations that have learned how to, you know what, I'm not going to be, I'm not going to take everything I hear too seriously because everything's probably a lie anyway. I'm going to talk about gas prices. Sure. Do you think that the gas prices, this is a huge topic at work. Everyone's always like, man, my tank, you know, is so expensive. But do you think that it's mainly because of inflation right now or because that there's a certain party in the house. Yeah, I think everybody likes to, you know, depending on what side of the aisle you, you fall on, 
right, will depend on how somebody will view that answer. If someone's a Democrat, they go, no, it's not our policies. It's worldwide. It's global. Uh, if somebody's on the conservative side, they go, no, it, it all happened because of, uh, you know, because of Joe Biden. And I'm a libertarian myself. So I, I look at things a little bit differently than I would in, the, in sort of a two party system. And, you know, what I see is, you know, we knew inflation was coming, right? We knew this was coming even under Trump. We did a lot of spending, stimulus packages, shutting down the economy. And they did a lot of things that were going to lead to some, some things that were going to rise. There's no way around it. Prices were going to go up at some point. Um, I think the Biden administration came in and exacerbated things by continuing that erroneous spending um, and, and put us onto a, onto a path. The answer is not always as black and white as people want. I think people want the answer to be, yep, it's this party's fault. Kick them out, get them out of office and put the other people in. Um, I, I don't think that's necessarily the case. Um, I think these gas prices are bad. They, they would have been bad. They're worse because of decisions that were made. But the real question comes down to not how did we get here? Because everybody likes to play the blame game. I'm not, as, I'm not a big fan of the blame game. I'd much rather say, let's talk about solutions. So how do we fix this? And to me, the biggest problem is we got where we are today because of both Republicans and Democrats pushing bad policies that were always going to do exactly what happened. And we see this on a global scale. You're seeing a lot of countries with these basically two types of party systems, and they're all driving the same types of goals, and it has this reverberating effect. For me, we need to start holding our leaders accountable. That means voting people out that did the wrong thing, even if it's the party we like. So again, I'm a libertarian. I haven't had uh, the opportunity to see very many of my party win a lot of elections. So, um, But I always tell people, like, evaluate the candidates you're voting for. Do you like the bills that they're signing? Do you like the things that they're doing? Are they making good fiscal policy? If no, and you continue to vote for them because you think the other person's worse, you're contributing to the problem. So we can point fingers, we can you know, say, we can throw blame out there all we want. But if we go out and continue to vote for people that continue to allow the same policies to happen, or we continue to ignore how the, the party that we subscribe to contributed to some of the effect, well, then I think we're all just really revealing what's in our heart is that it's just hatred. We just hate the other side and we're willing to blame them and attack them rather than do the hard thing, which is say, okay, how do I hold my party account? How do I do my part to make sure that this doesn't happen again in the future? Most people don't like accountability. They like blame. Blame is easier, but accountability is the right thing to do. That's great. That is great. Um, do you have any any more questions that you would ask me? One last yeah, I one. I wanted to go one, one more quick question here. Um, I'm just curious if you've gotten any memorable or interesting interactions with either Christians or non-Christians since you started, maybe on some of your social media pages or, or anything like that. Well, actually, um, I had the opportunity to ask Ben Shapiro a question at Iowa State, and that was really cool. Um, this is something that I was I prayed for, and it actually happened. And it was probably the craziest thing that has ever happened in my life, honestly. I was running on the treadmill one day, and I don't know why, but I was listening to some like uh, debate uh, with Ben Shapiro, and I can't remember his name, some other uh, Christian, but I was like, God, could I like have the chance to like talk to him? And no joke, the next day I was at church and my friend was like, hey, dude, uh, Ben Shapiro's coming to town in like a month. We should get tickets for it. And I like teared up. I was I was like freaking out. I was like, there is no way this is real right now. And going into the like stadium, I, I was so close to not getting in, but it just seemed like there was like a max uh, capacity of like 2,500 people. And the, it was already in line i was in line for like an hour and a half and it seemed like there was no way i was getting in 
but I got like to the very top of the auditorium and I got the chance to ask him a question and it was insane. I can't, there's no words to really explain how crazy it was. Yeah. That's so what, what question did you get to ask? Him? So I asked him, um, in Daniel chapter nine, it says that the Messiah will be cut off and then the temple will be destroyed. And he is Jewish. So mm-hmm. they don't believe that Jesus is the Messiah. And I asked him that very specific question about that chapter, because that is a, a point where Jews have struggled to answer. And he went on to talk about where, how he believes that um, Jesus is not the Messiah. He didn't talk about that certain question that I asked him. So, but it was, it was awesome. Yeah. Very good. You know, I, I'm a big fan of uh, Ben Shapiro and those guys at the daily wire. Just, they, I think they do a great job uh, just trying to bring a cultural change into a world where there's not a lot of, uh, you know, there, there's a lot of one-sided opinions and I think they do a great, great job just trying to, to bring a different opinion in and give, give another viewpoint, the opportunity to kind of speak a little bit so I'm, I'm a big fan of what they do not always a fan of the approach that they take uh, i think ben shapiro can be a little harsh as he deals with people and that probably hurts his credibility with with others but i think he's spot on uh, a lot of the time with his logic and how he uh, how he approaches things yes he does he does do a great job with that so uh thank you for coming on kevin i really appreciate it if you want to come on another time just let me know yeah absolutely always a pleasure it was a great opportunity to just sit and chat and uh you know, look forward to hearing this thing come out. All right. Well, take it easy. You do the same. Thanks. Thank you for listening. I hope you guys enjoyed that. Have a great day.